Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. He whispers the topic to me throughout my day, um, at all times of the day, whether I'm in the middle of worshiping him and doing dance and praise, whether I am driving to work, whether I'm working out at the gym or walking in nature outside or anywhere, really. Um, I spend a lot of time with the Father. I communicate with Him regularly. He desires to have a relationship with you, and He's gifted me the ability to communicate with Him on the regular. Um, I'm, I'm no more special than you are to Him. He doesn't show favoritism to any of his children. He desires to have a deep, close relationship with you, and the, the more you spend time with him, the more he spends time with you. Sometimes um, he inspires songs through me, and I share it on the show. The purpose of the Move Happy Movement podcast is to help empower you to find happiness from within, to not give up today, tomorrow, not ever. Our service population is mainly people that have depression or a depressed state, or maybe you suspect that you have depression, or maybe a loved one of yours, a family member, a coworker, a friend, a spouse, etc. And um, I bring you relevant research. Sometimes I bring you scriptures from my faith system, from the Bible, that he equips me with and shares in the sermon. I don't pre-plan it. He tells me the topic, and and then I go for it. Whatever comes out, comes out. So today's been an incredibly good day for me. I've been dealing with chronic stress way too much, way beyond he's been stretching me, stretching my faith. And I've been homeless for the last uh, eight or nine days. Can't remember exactly. Um, just started a job about three weeks ago, and then I lost my housing. Um, I was I was knowing that my housing was going to be lost where I was renting a room, um, but I kept applying for places, and either people weren't interested in having me live there, or people were hacking in and erasing my messages and my phone, causing me to be homeless. I don't know. I don't know. But I trust that the Father has always taken care of me, and I'm grateful. Um, staying on my friend's couch for the last few days and I had been looking for housing in between my work shifts and my my, uh, my new job is a huge pay cut than what I was getting before this car accident in July and as I record this it's November 15th and I just started working a few weeks ago because no one would hire me. Again, people were hacking into my email account and phone erasing messages, erasing phone numbers, blocking me from making money on purpose to siphon off my income, which are crimes. And my warriors of light trace everything. They've been tracing it for the last over three years since October 2020 when the Illuminati Deep State signed a contract with the Blackwater Alumni Group that protects all the presidents that are alive today of America and all the first ladies. Half of the political party got bought out. The political party that is in power right now. And they tried their best to cover up their illegal contract. But I married into this organization. I married the top security man for our commander-in-chief. And they tried to kill us last year after 19 days of marriage. I've had zero contact from him because they tried to destroy President Trump's second time getting into presidency after they rigged the 2020 election. And I've had zero contact, zero communications, zero spousal support, and they erase all of my paperwork trail of the record of my marriage. They've lied in my permanent medical record. They've done everything possible. How am I able to maintain sanity? Only through the grace of the father of all of us, the creator of the universe, through friends like my 
one of my real friends. I only have a small, very small handful of real friends. I've learned from the last three years. I've lost a lot of people in my life. And that's okay. That's okay. True friends show up in the most difficult circumstances. And this person is a friend for life. And I'm grateful. And I'm, I'm grateful for the gift that the Father has given me and continues to give me. And the topic for this sermon is called Prophecies Galore. I'm not exactly sure what prophecies he's going to reveal to me. And then I speak out loud, but I trust him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray first. I'm going to pray over you listening. And I'm going to pray over myself. Father, I thank you. I praise you. That you are the ruler of the universe. All the galaxies you, you designed, you developed, Father. You created all the stars. You created light and day. Excuse me, night and day. Father, you created all the heavenly beings, all the humans, all the creatures of the air, of the sea, and of the land. You did all that in six days, and then you rested on the seventh day. You know every thought that we have. You know every concern that we have. Even if we're not able to speak it out loud, Father. I thank you and I praise you that you give you give different gifts to your children, Father, and you've given me the gift of prophecy to encourage people to believe in you. There is no no way possible that I would be able to survive everything that's happened to me in the last three years if it wouldn't be for you. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you right now for those that are listening in on this episode. Father, I pray that you would soften their hearts, that you would give them an increased level of energy to receive this information that I'm going to speak out loud to them, that you would bring to mind anyone that is in their life that you desire to bless through my lips. And I thank you. And I praise you. Father, I also praise you for blocking any attacks of the enemy that might cause confusion on people listening in, that might cause an increase in anxiety. Listening in, Father, anxiety is not of you. For you say in Psalms 94, 19, very specifically, when anxiety, excuse me, uh, King David spoke this aloud, when anxiety filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer, Father. Your comfort comes down to us if we ask you for it and if we believe it is there for us, available for us, in full, without medication. Although I have no problems with medications that you desire for people to take, Father. If there's anyone listening that has been prescribed medications, Father, I ask that you would bring clarity to their mind if they are being over-medicated right now and they are not able to have the energy that they desire, but they're trying to follow their treatment plan. Father, I ask that you would soften the hearts of doctors listening in on this, whether they're pharmaceutical doctors, whether they're Eastern medicine doctors, that you would cause them to stay close to you or to get near to you, to have your wisdom, to know exactly what to prescribe to their patients. I thank you and I praise you in your heavenly name. Amen. Yes, Father. The Father desires for me to share some of the prophecies I've been able to <clears throat> express, verbalize, or put in writing, they came to fruition. Mm. Okay, he's reminding me when I was 14, that was when I first learned that I had the gift of vision and prophecy. I didn't know how to, what is the word, Father? 
sharpen my skill, if you will. I didn't know how to train my mind. It was a brand new skill and it was like having a supernatural gift that was way more powerful than me. It overwhelmed me when I was 14. My mind would go straight to the future and it would go to worst case scenarios. I believe heavily because my father was the head of household and he was extremely depressed. He neglected me and all of us in the family because he was so focused on his own misery and pain. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I love my father. He passed away seven years ago, October 2016. It took him almost 60 years to admit that he had the problem, that he had depression. Because men in our society are not encouraged to get therapy. It takes women. It takes men. It takes all of us, children and all of us. To encourage one another that therapy is just another form of a doctor's appointment. It takes the movie industry and the music industry, entertainment, to change the narrative to be encouraging of people that need therapy. Because his choice in not receiving therapy did not just impact him. It impacted our entire family. We had a depressed, oppressed household, and yet we were advertising every Sunday, the joy of the Lord is our strength. My friends knew there was something wrong with my dad. My friend Jen very specifically knew because she was encouraged from her father at a young age to get therapy. Her dad was in the military. He spent over 30 years in the Marine Corps and in the Army. He retired. I'm not sure what his rank was, but he got a doctorate in nursing. And he's a musician, very smart man. He encouraged his daughter while he was overseas, fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was encouraging her via email because that was the option he had to communicate with her. And it was before we had uh, smart devices that you could communicate in all kinds of countries. We've come along as a society very swiftly. And that was the first time that I had experienced this overwhelming supernatural gift of vision and prophecy in my mind. I saw the end times. It's exactly what I saw. And that is why it overwhelmed me because the Father had started to reveal my gifts to me. I, got, I started getting plugged into therapy for a little while. I only took three sessions. My mom's friend got me a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. I strongly recommend if you've got a teenager at home that is struggling with maybe communicating what their anxieties are or you, can, you, you are concerned that they might have depression or anxiety or both, they often go hand in hand. It's kind of like you get so anxious throughout the day that you're just exhausted at nighttime so then you get depressed and it's like a cycle. The book is really helpful because there's exercises in it, it helps to empower you to learn about uh, mission statements, um, to learn about your value system, to be able to identify it for yourself. It's not a religious book. I was able to apply my faith system within the parameters of the exercises. Very helpful. Very helpful. And it was like kind of planting a seed into personal development. And so then I began to get interested in reading. After that, I never, before that, I never remembered what I read. I would have to reread things many, many times. I thought I would always struggle with my learning. That was caused by child abuse, chronic child abuse, all levels, all forms from my oldest sibling. He was my abuser. And I was angry for a very long time as a very young girl towards my mother. And as I started getting into the research, the white paper research about it after graduate school, I didn't want to cycle anymore and I knew there was something off about me. So I started looking into it online. I started learning about white paper research and I started looking at what are the symptoms, signs, warning signs of children that are abused. And I started reading about it from the lens of an adult survivor of it. And it said oftentimes that 
children that are abused are very angry at the parent, even if the parent isn't the abuser, because the parent is supposed to protect you. And I had all this bitterness and anger towards my mom. And she was a great mom. But we didn't have a communicative household. We had to be quiet at 7 p.m. from 11 years old until college, till I moved out of the house. We had to be quiet because dad worked nights and he had to be asleep by 7. So we didn't talk as a household. And dad hated his job and he felt like he needed to stay at that job, be miserable to provide for the family. He didn't see a way out of it. And a lot of that had to do with his um, depression. A lot of that had to do with one kidney and that exacerbates depression. A lot of that had to do with traitors in our nation that caused a lot of blockages from the working middle class to have to pay more in things and not be provided as much. But a lot of that just had to do with his life choices too. And he was okay with going to a job he hated every day and communicating that he hated his job at the dinner table every night. I learned what not to do as an adult. I didn't desire my dad to be miserable every day. I don't think any kids desire that. If you care about your parents, I had this gift of vision. I knew it, but I didn't know how to shift it to positive because both parents were negative. I love my mom, but she was so anxious all the time. She never verbalized that word. But I am a, a huge empath. I absorb the emotions of others that I am around. And I can't be around her too often. I've learned to train my mind to not be as impacted as an adult. But the last few years of the illegal contract that was signed from the Blackwater Alumni Group with the Illuminati Deep State has caused even my mother, who is extremely sound in her faith, she is an elderly person in our society, has donated multiple decades of her musical gifts to the church and to the community. They caused fear unnecessarily in my mother through this three-year rigged competition that I've been a part of with a bunch of cheaters, liars, murderers, and thieves. How in the world, how in the world can I keep going when they ostracized me from my family, from my friends, from my associations? Well, I'll keep it moving forward because I'm obedient and my faith is number one in our household, although dad was really depressed. Mom and dad had their faith. They, what they did really well was take us to church every Sunday when we were in elementary school. They got us plugged in to Sunday school classes, to Awana programs, and then we had friends that we started building relationships with. So then I desired as a junior high person to go to church, to have youth group, to go to the Sunday school, to also get plugged in. I was interested. I had a passion for it. I loved the music and worshiping the church body together and having my parents' friends would come over regularly to the house. I didn't understand that they were children of pastors and almost all of the relationships that my parents chose which were outstanding choices were pastors or children of pastors I was spiritually protected my whole life and experienced abuse as a child it's extremely common it should not be considered uh, normalized it should not be considered good but you do need to recognize that white paper research does state it is very common. And the more we talk about it, the less powerful the enemy has over children. It's much easier to train a child in the right way to lead their life than it is to heal and fix an adult that's already been harmed and hurt over years and decades. And then, you know, it's kind of like a negative person, right? Let's see what I've learned by sharing my truth, my story in the last, since 2018, it's 2023 now. I was obedient. The Father healed me completely of the PTSD, the, the side effects of PTSD, 
of being abused as a child, chronically. He healed me of it. It's normal to have suicidal thoughts. It's absolutely normal. But what is not normal is thinking that you can't get a curb on them, get a, get a little bit of power against them. Thoughts are just thoughts floating by your mind. That's what I learned when I started studying mindfulness. Uh, it's called MBCT, mindfulness or MCBT, whatever. Mindfulness Cognitive Therapy. They do this in a lot of military research. They've been doing it for the last like 30 years, I want to say through Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. He coined the term, I want to say around 94, somewhere around that, that year. I didn't learn about it until I had met one of my graduate school um, classmates. She was in her PhD program. She was a forest firefighter and she was in a leadership position. So she was doing her research on whether or not she could train leaders to get them more mindful to help decrease deaths from forest firefighting. And she introduced me to MBCT, Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy. She provided me um, the full catastrophe living book recommendation from Dr. John Kabat-Zinn and provided me some of his audio meditation trainings. Um, he had done this thing in, I believe it was a psychiatric hospital. It's been a while since I read that book. I recommend you read it. Um, he is not a religious person, or at least he didn't write the book in a religious format. This was strictly therapy-based, non-spiritual therapy-based. And it was an eight-week program, 40 minutes a day, I think five days a week was, was their prescription. And I learned that your thoughts are not your thoughts, to not take them personally. But see what happens when you get prescriptions or when you uh, are on birth control and you have a bad trip, they blame you. It's like you're the victim of a crime, but they blame you for it. So um, the father I know is going to give me some prophecies for you, but I have to give you kind of like the background of how I was able to keep moving forward and not give up early on. I mean, we're talking four years of, of getting chronic abuse from three to seven years old. I had to become very wise, very fast. My abuser was my eldest sibling. He was our babysitter because our parents were broke because they believed that one person should stay at home to raise the kids. And I personally really like that. If I ever get reunited with my husband, I would love to also be able to grow a family. And I believe that it should be the woman that stays at home. But I know there's some families that the men do it. My middle brother did it when he was married. And I... I love it all. Whatever works best for you and your family and your household. But see, in the last few decades, our nation in America, the leaders in our nation got bought out from people overseas. They kept getting bought out, bought out, bought out. And they had to pay all these things, do all these private conversations in the background. And um, what we call them is traitors because they weren't focused on their citizens. They were focused on their own bank accounts. So by the time my parents were raising us, they couldn't afford to have one person be at home. Now, I was reading earlier today, I was reading the book of Numbers. I'm not quite through it yet. But I was reading the Numbers in the Old Testament is actually about um, Moses removing uh, or you know sending the Israelites out out of captivity from Egypt and then he was assigned from the Lord to break them down by their clans um, by the the 12 tribes and each of them each of the tribes had their assignments they were responsible for um, and it was the men that were responsible for things the men were the workers the women were not written about in the book the only time the woman was written about was about being infidelitous towards her husband. If he got jealous, if he suspected that she had been cheating on him, he brought her to the spiritual leader, the priest, and they did a sacrifice. They, and the priest asked her in, in front of the Lord, in the temple, in the 
um, the area where they did their spiritual practices. He would say something very specific to her. And then she would answer. She would respond. And they actually put a curse on the women that had been infidelitous and cheated on their husbands. They didn't have to work. Their job was to take care of the children. Their job was to be honorable to their husband. Their job was not to complain about the manna that came down every day, but to trust that the Lord had brought them out of captivity from the Egyptians. Many of them didn't survive, though, because it took a lot of faith. And many got bored with the food from heaven, and they complained. And so... uh, Many of them were cursed. They had stomach illnesses and their thighs started to, I think it said evaporate or something. It was like very grotesque as I'm reading it. Of course, this is from the NIV translation. But they were a little more hardcore back then, a little more serious. Why is it that here in the last, I don't know, 60 years, why we're not able to do that in America? We're not able to raise children on a single income anymore, which is what the Father desired for us. Why would he have it in the scriptures? Why would we say in God we trust if we're not able to afford to provide without working multiple jobs? Yeah, I got a master's degree in 2012. And... Our leadership, our poor leadership had sold us out so badly so from Obama and Bush. The promises they made to conduct business with countries overseas in private conversations and they tried to hide their sins. Many of them involved in the harming of children. Many of them involved in the trafficking of women and children. And even little boys, they have been profiting. It is the largest black, dark business, illegal business in the world. That is what the Illuminati cult is. That is why they tried to get me to join their cult, because they stalk people's content online. If they see anyone that is sharing about child abuse, you can be negatively impacting their bank accounts. So they desire for you to join their cult. They don't tell you what it is. I refused to join it. Because they wouldn't tell me. I grew up in the hood. And I had a D.A.R.E. officer that was from, I believe, the police department. And he trained us because most of my classmates growing up in Spanaway, Washington, we called it Spanahood. Most of my classmates were children or nephews and nieces of gang members. And they were teaching us how to not get into the gangs. They had to teach in the schools at young ages because most of the parents were single parents and they were just trying to survive. And now as an adult, now I recognize that most of our government leaders are criminals. Yeah, and they get paid a whole bunch of money. They're the worst of the worst criminals that are involved in pedophilia. That's so disgusting, but we are in the end times. And the first prophecy I had was when I was 14 years old. The Father revealed to me the end of the, the whole earth. Lots of fire, lots of death. So I know it's coming. And he told me that a lot of people are going to be dying in my lifetime. We have estimated numbers online for how many people are alive on the earth. You can look it up online. Keep in mind that's not accurate because there are birthing centers, illegal birthing centers all over the world from the human traffickers, from the ones that are doing the bloodbath parties to keep the rich, the mega, mega rich looking younger. It's a vanity thing. They don't want to age. So they're vampires. They drink the blood of little children after they've tortured them on Epstein Island, on Maui Island, But um, the White Hats got caught on to their game, their nasty game, and lasered very specifically right around the richest Black Hat members, Oprah Winfrey, Obama, and I think The Rock, but I'm not certain. Why would he request money, donations from the public? Why would he do that? Why wouldn't he give of his own money? Yeah, the public has caught on to their bullshit. And then he later apologized.
apologized and retracted his request to receive monies from the poor. You got to be hip to their game. That was my first prophecy. It was at 14 years old. I've had this knowing. I'm extremely creative. I, I owe a lot of that to my mom homeschooling us and allowing my brain to grow and mature at a slower pace. I believe I was a latent learner, which means it, ta it takes a little bit longer for me to learn something, but once I learn it, I never forget it. So I also have audible learning style. I learn through my ears the best, which helps learning music very quickly. So if I learn something from someone that is a bad teacher, I learn it, and then it's pretty much permanent until someone shows me a better way and corrects what they've shared. That's why it's, uh, it's been interesting to receive training in this new job. And this is not a permanent job, but this is where I'm at right now, and I'm grateful because I'd been applying for jobs since July, and no one was hiring me, and I was stretching my money very thinly. All these organizations that help supposedly help the homeless in my community, none of them helped me. I called a bunch of churches, and none of them helped me. I had to get m money from my mother, who's a widow, who takes care of her grandchildren. Yeah, and I'm a veteran spouse. He should be paying all of my bills. But they tried to kill us, and I'm certain they probably told lies last year. Why else would they trace a phone call from an active duty officer of the military that was my business partner, forcing her to disassociate from me last year. Over a year, I hadn't heard from her. She had blown up and yelled at me after I had moved out of her house. I was paying her rent to sleep on her couch. I was nothing but kind and loving to her, her mother, her son, her husband. I made that household better. And she yelled at the top of her lungs the last time I had heard from her. Because my friend from high school, Amanda, was in town. They were just passing through on their next, on their way to their next duty station. And my husband said, do you think she could have been attracted to you? And I said, oh, wow, I never even thought of it like that. I'm so clueless when it comes to things like that. I just try my best to spread the love of the Father wherever I'm at. I've had to be in humbling circumstances my whole life. I've had to be disrespected from other people my whole life. And as I start raising my standards and speaking up for myself and people add fake mental health diagnoses in my permanent me medical record, hack into my device, steal my intellectual properties, tell people that I'm crazy, tell people to pretend to be my friend that are Emmy-nominated TV producers and have them post things publicly that they're my friend for life. Meanwhile, they're illegally recording our phone calls in private, stealing my song ideas, and then profiting probably millions and millions of dollars. Meanwhile, I've been forced into homelessness four times. I do not complain. I share the truth to you. I consider it pure joy to be persecuted for his name's sake because that is what my faith system tells me to do. It has not been fun. It has not been fun at all. The second very strong prophecy that I had revealed was in 2018. That was when I had a bad birth control implant and I had lost all rational thought in my mind. That's what the birth control implant had done. That is why I do not recommend birth control to any woman. Your best birth control? Abstinence. If you are not ready to have children, then you should not be having sex. That is what they trained us in the school system, in the public school system. They taught us about all kinds of birth control, but they encouraged us that the only 100% sure way to not have children was abstinence. They had to teach us that because there was a lot of teen pregnancies. There was also STDs, AIDS. They taught us about AIDS was a disease that had come from Africa. We know the truth now that it was actually designed in labs in America and sent all over. Yeah, we have one of the best medical research labs and probably multiple medical research labs, but a lot of evil people are running America and have been running America for way too long. Those people are going to be re removed from power very soon. How do you, how do you know that, Aaron? How are you so confident about that? Because... I am very confident 
uh, because these people would not be stealing from me and telling all kinds of lies about me and try their best to get me to join their cult for three years running and send a fake PhD in ministry. Yeah, it was actually called divinity uh, to pretend like she was from my church group. Yeah, how desperate do you got to be? Jesus Christ said, do not, do not tempt the Lord your God. When the enemy tried his best to tempt him with all the riches in the world. All right, the Father's giving me scripture. I'm going to get my Bible out. I'm very excited. Very excited. As I get this out, the, uh, the vision came shortly after that birth control implant had uh, done its negative work. And I had called the suicide hotline in 2018. I had reached my peak of all the cycles off and on for 18 years. And I asked the father after that phone call to remove the thoughts completely and to never allow them to come into my mind again. And he did. Because I got down on my knees, I cried, and I was sincere. And I was in desperation, and I couldn't do it myself. And he knew, because he is the only one that can sense our spirit, our heart, and he is moved by the prayers of his children. He loves us deeply. And I've never once had those thoughts ever again. I've had to fake it a few times since a bunch of these a-holes that are very powerful people, lots of the military tested me their best. They went beyond disrespect. And then, and then they'd tell me, oh, I was just testing you in 2020 when I was off grid for two months. Now they went way beyond because they had to test me I had no idea what I was truly being tested from, who I was being tested from. I was being tested from the top trained assassin of the entire world. There's about 8 billion people in the world right now. And I got to spend two months with this man, the most humble man. The most humble man you'd ever meet. And that's the man I married last year. And they tried to kill us last year. I've had zero contact with him for over a year and a half since Easter Sunday. Zero financial support. Zero communications. They destroyed my phone when I tried to reach out to him one time last year. So much so that Apple couldn't fix it, nor Best Buy, their third-party arm that fixes phones. They had to get me a brand new mainframe, I think is what they called it. The back part of the phone, the computer part. The screen I kept, the original that I'm recording this on. That's how powerful the Illuminati deep state is. They did not even want me to have any communications with the one person in the whole world that I trust. So I've had to learn to humble myself and to trust the Father to guide my every step. It's been terrible. But a part of love, true love from the Father is long-suffering. So prophecies galore. The vision that he showed me in 2018 was an annual experience. He gave me the the name of my business, Move Happy, and the three pillars, mindset, community, fitness. He said, you're going to do an annual experience for people with depression, a variety of speakers from a variety of faith systems, A variety of musical genres are going to be performing. You're going to start it in America, and each year you're going to take it to a different country and have different speakers in different languages telling their stories, encouraging people through hope and whatnot. And 18 months later, the pharmaceutical industry had copied my idea during the pandemic, during the shutdown, and they had partnered with Johnson & Johnson, Deepak, Joe Brother, the Kennedy Foundation, all these organizations and they reached out to me and asked me for my network and they profited off of the event and I gave them some of my network because I was so grateful that they had thought 
to reach out to me. I was a nobody in 2018. I was learning social media. I was, I had changed business names. I had learned how to trademark my brand. I had learned how to write a blog. I had learned how to start a podcast and interview people. I had learned how to write copy on social media and share my story and take videos and take photos and learn Instagram, learn Twitter, learn, which is called X now, learn Snapchat, um, learn LinkedIn, um, (laughs) while working full-time, while moving across the country to help my sibling transition to single parent life, um, while starting a remote job, a new remote job, and then, um, getting harassed, bullied from a former veteran graduate from West Point that was bullying me when they were all supposed to, supposedly, we were all supposed to be the same title. All, everybody was supposedly paid the same. But he cornered me in a Zoom meeting and told me not to ask to move departments anymore. And I wasn't allowed to ask to make more money on the job. <laughs> so then I had to leave that job because he was bullying me. And he was a leader there. And that was a federally funded weight loss company that competed against Oprah Winfrey. And I've had a few different jobs since then. I've had to learn to keep it moving forward. And the father grew. Move happy from nothing. From like literally the suicide hotline to 18 months later having all of these big multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical organizations reaching out to me. That is the power of prophecy. The gift of prophecy that the father has gifted me. It is a supernatural power. It's unexplainable how I knew it. I knew it because he came into my bedroom and he revealed my life purpose. And he reveals things to me when he chooses to reveal things to me. And I'm still learning how to um, sharpen my skills, my spiritual skills of learning the gift of prophecy. Sometimes I get it off. I'm a little bit off on it sometimes on dates and things like that because I'm still learning how to train my mind to really truly hear from the Father. And they've tested me. They've They've caused me to lose sleep. They've caused me to lose housing stability. They've caused me to lose financial stability, to lose emotional stability, to lose uh, all my social health. They hack into my phone for the last three years and remove people out of my life, threaten people to disassociate from me, um, or, or just me sharing the truth has caused fear in people. And so I've learned that I have to hide, hide a lot of the truth and not share everything. It's been terrible. It's been absolutely terrible. But... I've learned that a lot of people in our society nowadays, as I read the scriptures, are weak. Our society has gotten extremely weak as a whole. We're very soft. When you read in the Old Testament what they used to do to children, they were disrespectful to their parents. They brought them to the town, to the tribe, I should say. And the tribe stoned the children to death. Being respectful of your parents was an expectation. Children did not rule the household the other way around. Now, what that means is that you need to have a respect for your parents if you're listening to this. Your parents are gifts from the Father even if they screw up and neglect you in your childhood and your abuse for four years in a Christian household. I don't have any anger or animosity towards my mom anymore. I did for the longest time. But then I had to realize that she probably was being abused from my father in some capacity. So she was trying her best to not antagonize the leader of the household because he was the financial head. And she chose to stay at home. Then she started earning her own way and started working when I got into High school, well, I was a freshman in the junior high. That was when, um, when I experienced my first level of mental split, I should say. And not a split of my mind, but a split of, oh, my mom's not available 24-7 anymore. Yeah, so there's a lot of parents that are probably dealing with this with their kids in the 
elementary, junior high, middle school, or even high school. If you are a mom that stayed at home with your children and now you've got the youngest one is starting to get older and you don't need to be as available, they might experience their own emotional distress a little bit. So just expect that and prepare them. Talk about it. Have communications. We didn't talk as a family. They couldn't hide it because all of my friends were worried about me and they talked to the therapist at school, the counselors, and I had talked to the principal. Because I didn't know how to help myself. And I was worried about myself. I heard this the other day. The generation that was um, before the baby boomers, I think it was. After World War II. was called the silent generation. Which is my parents were in that generation. The silent generation. They were trained in society in some capacity or from their parents to not talk about problems. I don't think that is scriptural at all. I think it's healthy to have communications as a family. I think there's a difference between complaining about problems and talking about, hey, um, I would like this to be different. Is there, is there something, some way where we can communicate um, and figure out a way to do this differently because I'm experiencing some distress in my mind or in my spirit? I think there's a better way to do this. And you could do that respectfully as a child to your parent or vice versa. Right? You have to learn how to get along in your household, whether it be parents with children or roommates or spouse and spouse and you don't have kids. Maybe you take care of an adult with disabilities or someone that's had a motor vehicle accident or whatnot. Uh, maybe you're a caretaker and uh, they're not communicating very well because of their accident. And so you're having to learn how to figure out what their needs are without the verbalization. Um, you do what you can and, and you pray. That's that's what I recommend. The more time I spend with the Father, the more time, the more He reveals of prophecies to me. I never know when He's going to reveal something to me. It's so neat. He reveals prophecies to me, songs, therapies. He reveals ideas for me on how to bring families together, how to bring couples together. He's the wonderful counselor and He lives within me. He lives within you too. If you desire for him to, I'll give you an action, call to action um, at the end of this sermon. So he gave me Jeremiah 22, verse 9. So I'm going to read 9 through 11, he says. And the answer will be, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord, their God, and have worshipped and served other gods. Do not weep for the dead. King or mourn his loss. Rather, weep bitterly for him who is exiled because he will never return nor see his native land again. For this is what the Lord says about Shalom, son of Josiah, who succeeded his father as king of Judah, but has gone from this place. He will never return. That was uh, the beginning of that chapter was judgment against evil kings. There was a lot of evil leaders in 2020 that were, I believe, put into positions of authority, not necessarily from God, but he allowed it to happen. The creator of the universe allowed these evil leaders to be in positions of power because we wouldn't want good leaders to be in power. They wouldn't allow for things to occur. But in order for all the prophecies in the scriptures to be fulfilled and for, for um, Jesus to be able to come back and reign for a thousand years and to destroy the enemy's power over all of us, right? He's already won. We already know that. We have the, the book of Revelation that reveals the truth. I read that, uh, was that yesterday, Bob, or the day before? Lots, of, lots of end times things have been happening. If you get plugged into the Bible, you will see that we are in the end times. This is not imagination. I listened to Joyce Myers, and, and she, a few months ago, said, she believed we were in the end times, but then she said everyone thinks in every generation that they're in the end times. So I believe people started telling her not to say that we're in the end times anymore because she is such a huge following online and in person. She's got a huge spiritual practice. I think she has a team of 900 employees that are under her. She's a survivor of childhood rape from her father for about 15 years. Every single day. And her mother knew about it and didn't protect her. 
she was too afraid of him. And in their family, incest was considered normal. And people might say, ooh, that's so gross. How could you how could you not speak up for your child? Well, it was a part of her destiny for her mother not to speak up for her and protect her. Because had she spoken up for her and protected her, then maybe she never would have started her ministry. And then the millions of people that got to hear her story and hear how normal it is to be abused from people wouldn't have been able to receive the healing words from her that it is so common to women and girls and boys too, but boys and men, they don't report it as often. And the father doesn't like when his children are being harmed, especially with sexual sin. It's one of the most vile, evil things that a person can do to another human being. And it happened in the bloodline of King David. Absalom raped his sister, Tamar. She was a half-sister, I believe, as King David had multiple wives and concubines and whatnot because it was considered uh, acceptable in the Old Testament after after Jesus came on the earth in the New Testament, they had uh, new laws. They had new uh, rules and recommendations to have one spouse if you were going to be married. And if you decided to focus on God first and not have um, any sort of sexual relations, that was preferred. But if you couldn't do that, then have one spouse and not have as much drama in the household. So it is normal to have inappropriate relationships within families. It is very common, I should say, not normal. It is very common. Most people that are abused or raped, they know their assailant. They know their abuser. That is how the person gets away with it because they, they don't just go straight to rape. They start with grooming. They start with light touching and petting and all of these inappropriate things that don't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but they, they have like evil spirits within them. They have abuse that they've received from someone else and they continue the pattern of abuse to the next person. I don't think that's always the case though. Um, I thought it was until I met my, uh, my uh, trainer person from the job that I had before my car accident, um, she had revealed to me her sibling had been raped from their oldest sibling that was like a half sibling or adopted into the family, and and they had never they just were a problem child and they had never been abused from anyone else. They just they caused problems everywhere they went. And I said that sounds like my oldest sibling. I didn't know if he had been abused or not. We didn't talk as a, as a family unit about it. The first time I brought it up, um, I was encouraged to go to therapy from my mom. She did the right thing and encouraged me, but she didn't ask for any follow-up questions because she was born in the silent season, the silent generation of adults that were encouraged not to talk about the problems. And my father was extremely, he had a very big temper. And when he started asking me very specific things, he started getting very angry with my sibling. So I had to quickly learn I had to protect my sibling from being killed. I knew 100%. I was 100% confident that my father would have gone to prison for life. And then I wouldn't have any time with my dad. And my brother probably would have been dead. So I had to make a mature decision as a 14-year-old and tell my father, Dad, those details I know you desire to know, but I don't think it's going to help you. We got to love him and we got to forgive him. And that's the truth. And that's a part of the story that I shared in this Illuminati deep state. They don't want you to hear that you can forgive your abuser. They don't want you to hear that it can cause suicidal ideations in you that can last for decades and cause you to end your life because they are profiting off of sexualizing little boys and girls. They charge a lot of money to the rich to do it. And they move the illegal money 
through a lot of these rich businesses and, uh, and political groups and campaign uh, fundraising websites. The Father had revealed to me in 2021 when I lived with my nonprofit business partner, my former friend of seven years at that time. And I shared it with her. I shared with her that I had spiritual gifts. I thought I could trust her. But what I didn't know was that she was a part of a group that was not good. I didn't know that that group wasn't good. There was so much that I had learned in my two months of training off-grid before I stayed with her. He did tell me about that group. He did tell me, but I didn't remember because I was experiencing so much PTSD. I wasn't retaining all of the training that I was provided. I, I retained a lot of it. But that one, I messed up on. And her husband was involved in the Masons. And the Masonic people at the top level, they're satanic. They're not good. They're full of evil. And they are all over America. They are all over the military. There are many license plates I see with the Mason Mason sign. There's even Masonic Bibles. I almost moved in with a retired Vietnam veteran and former sheriff. Was a customer of mine in my new job. And as soon as he showed me his Shriners Masonic Bible, I had to pretend like I didn't know what it was. And I politely said, uh, I'm not going to be moving in here. Of course, he said some inappropriate things about me being like his future wife or he wanted me to be his couple. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I've had to deal with a bunch of weirdos in the last three plus years since leaning into this calling from the Father above because people are attracted that are dark, they're attracted to light and I don't try to change anybody and I definitely don't like people trying to change me but I've had to learn to change to protect myself to guard my heart because that is what that is what the Father of all of us tells us to do in the scriptures, to guard your heart. So I'm learning. I'm learning. He's revealed other prophecies to me. What's that, Father? December 1st, he says, will be the biggest concert in the history of the world. This year, Father? Wow, he said, yes, this year. Okay, I don't know how, but I'm not concerned about the how. Our white hat leaders will make it happen. Uh, he's, really, Father? He says, I will be performing. It's a headliner. <laughs> okay. Big time artists. Nothing but A-list musicians that are either not involved in the Illuminati deep state or have repented of the Father and ask for his forgiveness. He will be forgiving them 100% and forgetting their involvement in it. Really? He said Beyonce will be performing. It will be on a military installation location to be announced in a future episode. Well, it's not many days away, Father. You do like to cut down timelines on things. Anyone else you'd like to reveal is going to be a part of it, Father? Beyonce's sister, Solange, will be a part of it as well. Mary Mary, Kirk Franklin, Gwen Stefani, really, Maroon 5, Justin Timbo, 
Britney Spears. The Backstreet Boys and in sync. Wow. <laughs> the father says, but my favorite one of all. He wanted me to say that. My favorite one of all. That's going to be performing. Is my brother. Joshua. Adam. Rice. <laughs> he said he would get paid very handsomely. Who's paying him, father? <laughs> Apparently the Illuminati deep state. All the people that were involved are going to be moving their money around to make sure this event happens, completely paying for it and paying all the musical artists. Really? And donating $10 million to Aaron Nicole Ministries and hosting the concerts <clears throat> December 1st. Really? In multiple locations. On multiple military installations. For free. For veterans. First responders. And their families. First come first serve. December 1st. That's in 16 days. From when I'm recording this right now. Wow. He says more artists to come. Okay. I trust you father. You've made a way where there is no way in the past before. No way to explain how things have happened in the past before. I know you're having, I know you're causing people to be good to me. I know you're causing people to have conversations to fix all of the mistakes that have happened in the last three years to me. Oh, it's going to be such an outstanding comeback. All to glorify you, Father, and to help encourage people during this difficult time. Oh, I can't wait, Father. Thank you. He says, call to action right now. All right, so if you desire to connect with the Father, the source of all things, directly, it's free. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of salvation. I cannot earn it or buy it. You give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I I know that I'm a sinner and I've been focused on the wrong things. I desire, I desire to make you proud, Father, and to have a, a close relationship with you to, to allow you to lead my life. I know with you I can do all things, Father. I ask you to come into my heart. Never leave my side and show me how to live the most outstanding life that you desire for me. I thank you, Father. I praise you in your name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you to the family. Your next step is to get plugged into a Bible-based church. You want to keep God first place. And then you ask, Father. He says, if you're able to connect for this event, spread the word. Spread the word to every single military person you know in the USA and all military branches overseas. I have a strong feeling this will be live-streamed exclusively only on military installations, and you will have to have proof of being a veteran or a veteran spouse which I don't have, but I'm organizing it. So they erased my record. So if you're, if you're in the Blackwater alumni group as a spouse, then uh, I understand your pain. I understand. Because they have to protect the record of us. Because if anyone were to capture and torture us, they actually would deny that we're a part of the organization <laughs> in capacity to protect America as a whole. So it's a high level of responsibility to be a spouse in this organization. But they allow me to share the truth because uh, our top-level leader, our commander-in-chief, has been lied about. And they've 
They've done everything they can to destroy him, this Illuminati deep state. So I'm defending him and defending my husband and defending America. I'm not a traitor. I've added so much value to America in the last three years plus. That's why they protect me. Our warriors of light, they love me. Sure, I make mistakes. They allow me to make them, and then I have to learn through those mistakes. They don't help me through them. They just keep me alive, which is good. They do a lot, a lot. And so this is my give back to them because I'm obedient to the Father, and he told me to do it. We're going to do it. All oh, these big-name artists, I can't wait. Anything else, Father? Spread the word, he says. Spread the word. December 1st. 3 p.m. Eastern, he says. 3 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. We're doing three concerts. So, you find one that you can participate in. And we'll share with you how you get access to it. 100% free if you are a veteran. Active duty. Retired. You served. At all. National Guard. You're a police officer, sheriff. You are a state trooper, highway patrol. You're FBI. You're CIA. Um, NSA, anyone that protects America in some capacity, protects our intellectual properties, protects people, persons. It's a free concert for you and your families. You are ten times more likely to contemplate or complete the deed of suicide. This is my gift back to you to connect you with one another, to entertain you, and to provide you an outstanding experience to remind you and remind all these celebrities they work for you and for us. We don't work for them. The Father, the Father humbles the braggadocious. The more humble we are, the more he elevates us to positions of authority. So I'm learning, I'm learning to stay humble and to keep him first place. Anything else, Father? Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.